Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Danielle Carter, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. If you have thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at Cisco Champion. Cisco 8000 series routers have brought many innovations in performance and functionality in helping to scale the internet for the future. Continuing with this trend, Cisco is pleased to announce the first system in the Cisco 8000 series router portfolio based on an innovative centralized architecture in the Cisco 8608. Our champions and Cisco expert are here to explain and discuss further. So let's get started with introductions. Len, let's start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you, Danielle. My name is Lynn Ledford, and I work for Sirium Networks here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, work work inside the security realm, a little bit of route switch and wireless in that also. So thank you for having me today. Thank you for joining us. Okay, Liam, you're up next. What Danielle. do you do? Hi. <laughs> uh, my name's Liam Keegan. I'm with 24-7 Networks Rio Bravo Systems. Uh, I run the U.S. operations for, for that organization. I'm a longtime CCIE. Uh, and I've done very, very little in the service provider space. So I'm here to ask the dumb questions. Like what's a service provider? <laughs> we love that. Okay, Alexander, how about you? What do you do? Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Alexander Deka. I'm a principal engineer uh, working for NTT Data. I'm based out of Europe. So um, I'm interested to talk uh, with uh, the specialist here today about uh, the new platform and uh, looking forward. Great. Thanks for joining us. All right, Eddie, we just want to thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. Can you tell us who you are and what it is that you do at Cisco? Danielle and the Cisco Champions podcast, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be talking to customers and having these sort of very open, transparent discussions. And I'm really looking forward to talking about today's topic, which is the 8608. Um, a bit about me. Um, I've been at Cisco for 20 plus years, um, spent a lot of time in service provider. I'm currently a principal TME on the 8,000 um, or an XR uh, uh, group. And uh, yeah, happy to start talking about the, the newest innovation coming out of Cisco uh, and especially the 8,000 family. Thank you so much. Can you give us a little bit of background on today's topic to get us started? Absolutely. Uh, so, just introducing to you the 8608, uh, leveraging the same technology that we've used to create the fixed and distributed family of 8,000 products, we're now releasing a thoughtful centralized system designed also around Cisco Silicon One technology. Um, let's start with its value proposition. First, investment protection and future proofing. This system has IO modularity. Uh, we're releasing uh, three MPAs ranging from 1.2 to 1.6 terabits on an architecture that permits us to grow into future MPA designs uh, as we see needed. Uh, moreover, the 8608 has modular switch cards, uh, allowing it for an upgrade into the next generation Cisco Silicon One ASICs uh, too. 
Second, interface flexibility. The ADS-08 supports a variety of interface speeds from 10 gig, 25 gig, 50 gig, 100 gig, and 400 gig optics, plus uh, a wide range of uh, uh, connectors or optics, SFP, QSFP28, QSFP-DD, ZR, ZR+, Bright ZR+, and it also supports with all this MACSAC and Class C timing. It also has high availability, uh, two redundant RPs in the front, um, uh, redundant switch cards, redundant fan trays, redundant power supplies, um, and um, um, yeah, it's just a very high available feature uh, bridge platform. Maybe just jumping into it, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, what are some of the use cases that the 8608 supports where where you know cisco decided hey this is the form factor that that's really needed uh great a great question so target use cases initially is dc gateway uh peering and light edge functionality if we step back a bit like i said this is a centralized system that what we've released in the past are fixed and distributed uh, systems and happy to go into those details um, uh, shortly. But we've built uh, uh, a very uh, service provider uh, web DC roadmap with functionalities that allow us to really fulfill the large use cases of core routing as well as uh, DC gateway functionality and peering. And as time goes on, uh, we definitely feel the need to take these platforms that are doing extremely well in web and extremely well in core service provider, uh, slowly to aggregation, slowly to edge, slowly to connecting customers to them directly. And that, this is the natural evolution of uh, service provider platforms. You see them addressing the primary easy use case. And over time, we start venturing out in the network towards closer to the edge to start addressing the, the use cases that uh, connect networks to networks and network to users. And as this product, the 8601 evolves and XR uh, on Silicon One evolves, there'll be, the be the use cases that we'll start uh, addressing with uh, aggregation and uh, so forth. So, so I look at the data sheet for the, the Cisco routers in the 8000 class, right? And we go from two U's all the way up to 48 U's. But what caught me in the description of this is, Centralized architecture. Um, can you help me understand what centralized architecture is in the 8K line? Uh, great, great question. Um, over time, since we uh, released the 8,000 family of uh, products, what we've what we've released uh, and what we launched in 2000, late 2019, starting with the 8812 and the 8808, 8804, and 8818, and so on. And those were the distributed distributed pla platforms. And, and what distributed means is they have line cards that house optics, that house the MPU and the CPU. Uh, separately, we have an RP that does the functionality of routing. And usually these RPs have one or two or multiple CPUs uh, or CPU complex on them. And, and the CPU or the RP on that CPU the, the CPU on that RP does the, the routing functionality, uh, BGP, OSPF, uh, routing table storage. Then you have a fabric card that connects all of these components together. Um, 
and the routing the, the fabric card also has uh, um, silicon on, on them as well the primary functionality of distributed systems is to address very very large multi-terabit scale routing use cases and, and it, that's usually done by fanning out a system so have multiple line cards that have multiple terabits on them and you have a fabric that aggregates this sort of traffic and then it connects all these networks and all these interfaces and all these MPs together. And by doing so, you can build systems that scale or a system, a one RP, one rack system that can scale up to multi, multi terabits. So hundreds of terabits of system uh, of traffic. On the other hand, you have fixed systems that are entirely enclosed. They're usually one or two RU systems. They usually have a CPU on them. Um, in most instances, they have one silicon, one piece of silicon. Sometimes they can have multiple, two, at times more than two, but more often it's one or two. And like I said, it's one or two RUs. They're enclosed. The only modular part on them is the optics as well as the power supplies in the back. And the scale of these systems is usually equivalent to the, aggreg the aggregate scale of these uh, aggregate scale of the silicon that's on them, whether it's one uh, piece of silicon that's connected back to back or one uh, one single system. And they're they're usually placed in roles like top of rack uh, or or leaf um, uh, placements or refloor roles in the network. Of course, power. Uh, scale um, and so forth is some of the primary uh, differences in uh, in these architectures um, as well as the purpose that they're trying to uh, or the network function function that they're trying to solve for on the other hand you have the centralized system which takes the best of both worlds it takes the modularity from the distributed family of a product as well as the benefits of having compact architecture uh, that you'll find in the 81 and the 8200 of um, fixed uh, uh, systems and building a system that is seven RU in this case with line cards that are sitting vertically uh, or you can you can refer to them as line cards or MPAs that have the optics and offloading the silicon uh, and the MP technology, uh, MP technology onto uh, switch cards that are also redundant, that serve multi roles, the fabric as well as the forwarding. So by combining these two, you can build systems that are more compact than distributed systems. Of course, they don't scale up to distributed system uh, level, but it packs a very good punch. It provides you the MPA modularity as well as the optics modularity. It addresses the high availability. You have RP redundancy, you have switch, switch fabric uh, or switch card redundancy, uh, meaning you can lose a switch card or you can upgrade the switch card. You still have traffic. You can lose an RP, you'll still have traffic. It's just the best of what you get in fixed as, and distributed into a centralized system that is power conscious, price point conscious, and addresses uh, many of the use cases. If a good analogy of what is 
an old centralized system. I know a few of us here on the podcast, podcast have had experience in enterprise. You can look at the 7200 as, or the 7301 as uh, a good analogy of what a centralized uh, system could look like. And a distributed system would be something like a GSR or a CRS or an ASR 9000. That would be a very good analogy if it, if it makes sense then. I, I, wonder, I wonder how many of our listeners still have 7206 VXRs running. <laughs> probably, probably not a lot, but it's, it's oh, you know, a, you know, somebody's <laughs> going to listen to this and like, I have one. <laughs> yeah, we retired some last year, so yeah, yeah. amazing. It, it, it's an extremely successful platform for Cisco. Oh, yeah. yeah, I I love it. I I wish I could have one under my desk. It's uh, it's it's one of those things that I just cannot uh, uh, cannot forget about. You do do the thing where you turn it into a cappuccino maker. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so maybe you could talk a little bit about the software that's running on the platform as well. I think I guess our listeners are also interested to see. Uh, which uh, which iOS version is coming with this nice new box? Uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about software architecture. A, a great question, Alexander. So we talked about uh, Cisco Silicon One a little bit. Happy to take more questions on that. We talked about the architecture, and I think uh, we covered that well. The 8608 uh, components. Let's talk about the software. So the, the 8608 runs iOS XR, and this is the same unified iOS XR that runs on the 8800 uh, as well as the 81 and the 8200. So it's a, and it's the same XR that you're used to. And it means all your automation capabilities that you've built over the years that you've used on any of previous XR platforms, again, ASR 9000 or the NCS 55, 5700, you can leverage here as well. And all your automation tools, all your software development, uh, all your southbound can work and is portable to XR uh, as well. So we're not, uh, we're just leveraging all that software investment that Cisco has done uh, with iOS XR over many years and the feature richness of XR, as well as the automation capabilities that we've built northbound to talk to various controllers, of course, favorably uh, Cisco management tool, uh, but it's with, with an open world that we know we live in today, of course, we can interrupt with uh, all standard northbound APIs. And so, uh, Alexander, it's, the same unified iOS XR that runs uh, in many SP and data center as well as large enterprise networks today is what powers the 8608. All right, great, thanks. You, you mentioned enterprise, right? So, so this, this platform has more of a service provider focus, but what would be some use cases maybe for an enterprise to use the, the, the 8608 in their environment? Yeah, it's the, the, the background and the pedigree of these platforms are definitely carrier class. They're, when, when, we, when we looked at building the, the, the 8000 family uh, in 2014, 2015, we decided to start with a clean sheet architecture to draw, address power, of course, and power is a very, very important, important component here. Uh, and 
it was functionality, uh, longevity, uh, investment protection. And power has an is what's dominating conversations today. Uh, we know we have to build platforms that are green, we have to build sustainable platforms, and I think this is one of the pillars of the podcast, is talking about sustainability. So it's a very, very lean, lean silicon, we're building very lean platforms. We're also building platforms that uh, are feature-ish at the same time, and in this case, the AG608 is the first of the 8,000 uh, family of products that takes us down to 10 gig optics. So wherever we see the need for 10 gig connectivity in, in 25 gig and I, I think 50 gig and 100 gig connectivity, um, you will find that this platform can, of course, one has to look at the, the, the features that are placed in, uh, in these sort of connectivity environment, but it can fulfill those roles. So I can I can vouch for a platform like this to be running in a major airport because it has the redundancy that most airports want. It has the interface connectivity. It also has the uh, features as well. Uh, or a very large bank, so the backbone of a bank. It is a 12.8 terabit in bandwidth, so um, it, it does have the grunt that's required to run backbones. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it's interesting because I, I mean, normally the, the, you know, without going into like the economics of it, like the, the cost is in the cards, right? In the line cards. So what, what I think oh. would be an interesting use case would be for an organization that is maybe looking to replace that, that the, the 7206 VXR, you know, and, and, the, and the DS3 that they've had with maybe 10 gig or, you know, potentially hundred gig for either peering or interconnect. But then over time, I mean, you have you have basically an eight slot, you have eight slots to work with. So it's not like you know you're you're not sort of it, it's almost pay as you grow or or just with a lot of flexibility uh, right around that. I mean, I, I think that that's sort of the appealing thing to me is like, hey, as the needs change, you don't need to throw the whole thing out just because you want to change inter, inter, interface cards. But you're also not having to spend what you, what you would need to spend in like that higher class of of like an eighty eight hundred series, which is much just a much broader bigger platform right it's it's like a nice compromise for people that are outgrowing the the smaller you know that smaller uh footprint but also don't really want to like go all in on a on a on a massive uh you know seven racks worth of equipment yeah great 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 point and sorry i think i interrupted someone but i'll give you the the, the mic again it, it's a great point and that's you know, that's the, the benefit of the 8800 distributed family is you, you, you can, you know, you, you run out of capacity, you can upgrade the line cards, you can upgrade the RP, you can upgrade the fabric and you're on the next, uh, you're on the next version of silicon. With a fixed value of uh, platforms, well, the MPE and the system that you've bought is what you've literally bought and you just cannot, you, you cannot, sh you cannot shrink it and you cannot blow it up. Right. That's what you, what, what's it you got. The 8608 has all the benefits, has all the low-speed interfaces, it has the high-speed interfaces, uh, it has 1.2 terabit MPAs, 1.6 terabit MPAs, and you have eight of them, so you can scale up to 12.8 terabits, and you have the capability to uh, upgrade in the future to, let's say, the next MPA, which might be 2.x terabits, and you, you can do that with, uh, 
with the flexibility flexibility that we've provided to allow you to upgrade the switch card that's in the back that, that has the MPs on it. Well, like we said, you can't do that on the fixed systems. You can absolutely do that on the distributed systems, but you're paying you're paying a premium. But that premium is worth it when you're you're, oh, you're running sure. hundreds and hundreds of terabits. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's a it's a it's a it's an interesting platform because, for example, uh, I'm thinking about a customer that uh, where we installed some couple of NCS five thousand or five fifty five hundreds. Right, mm -hmm. it's already a couple of years ago. Now you see the bandwidth increase. Uh, you know, like the interface speed needs to be uh, a little bit more. But that platform is a little bit limited. Uh, it has only like uh, ten gig ports and. If I remember correctly, it's like four times 100 gig. Mm. I see a value in having such a platform where you can actually a little bit grow as well with the customer, because you know we know as well after the initial five to seven years, you're you're ready for replacement, right? So you need to see also where the customer is growing, and what other platform you can introduce. Now going to an ASR 9K, yeah, no, that's not going to happen because that would be too much. But I think that's a sweet spot where, like Liam also said. Probably there are some customers that still have some 7206 uh, deployed, right? <laughs> I mean, we're all laughing, but we know, we know somewhere it's true. We Alex, all know it's true. Not, not, not to go back too long, and, and incidentally, just as we're talking here on the podcast, I see on, on our internal WebEx a, a chat room, I, I worked on a network just as the pandemic was striking in early 2020. Uh, um, it's it's a customer in South Africa, and we installed um, an, another uh, fixed uh, uh, Cisco platform. And this week, and and the SE on the account just being just as we we're having this 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 podcast uh, said, hey, this is maybe a platform that we should start looking at to replace what we or to upgrade from what we we installed in 2020 uh, going into 21. And it's mind boggling. That where the internet is, uh, or customers are just churning through, um, churning through systems at this at this pace. And if I was a customer and I had I had to spend money, uh, it would be what I would spend money on. I'd spend money on something that is the most modular that allows me to grow without having to uh, forklift uh, upgrade the systems. Because yep. in, in today's uh, Resource constraint, employee constraint, yeah. uh, travel constraint power. at times, power constraint. Uh... I, yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd pay as I grow. I, I'd, I'd install one of these systems, stick a few like or or MPAs in, and and I'd grow with it. So, yeah, definitely, definitely, it would would be what would what, what I would be uh, I would be building networks with. Well, and, and especially when you talk about in, in the service provider space and even in the large enterprise campus space, like you mentioned airports, but universities are another where these, these, of these course. mini service, I mean, actually, they're not even mini service providers. They're, they're huge service providers, but just in a you know, geographically restricted area, it's like, you know, by changing out the optics, right? You use the same glass that's in the ground and all of a sudden you're going from 10 to 25 to 50 gig to 100 gig now to 400 gig. And you're not doing that by by ripping up streets and adding additional capabilities. And that's the thing that like I've learned, especially in these in these in these big metropolitan area networks, how important that selection of optics is, because that's what really allows these organizations to just incrementally increase their bandwidth and their services and what they provide out to their customers without having to, to once again, jackhammer a street or, or start leasing expensive uh, dark fiber. 
So it sounds like this this platform has the capacity or the the, the flexibility around the optics, both in 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 sort of the standard stuff, but the modularity of the platform moving forward says, hey, as soon as 800 gig, you know, is is more widely available, yes, and we've got the optics, you know, grab the line card and throw it in. Yeah, and it has and talking about optics, it has a, a combo MPA that allows you to run 100 gig as well as 400 gig. Uh, optics on the same MPA. So let's say you don't want to have, or you don't want to invest in a four port, 400 gig MPA because of, you know, whatever reason you can start off with, with a 16 port, uh, MPA, uh, that has, um, uh, four, uh, sorry, that has 16, uh, 100 gig, uh, ports, or you can, uh, change the configuration on it to run 14, uh, 100 gig and, uh, two, 400 gig, two ports and 400 gig. So this, oh. this, this, flexibility, yeah, this flexibility to be able to, to take an MPA and run it in X or Y, uh, is another, and at the same time, support MaxAC in class C, B and C is another great value proposition for a customer or the low port low speed 1.2 terabit mpa that has 24 ports and it allows you to stick anything from uh, 100 uh, uh, from from 10 gig to 25 to 50 gigs so this 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 is what customers want these days especially when you're talking when you venture outside traditional service provider world where you know it's all 100 gig and 400 gig and multiple of them and fan out still a lot of customers that want 10 gig and 25 and 50 gig and 100 gig and mm. just about every corner of the room it's uh it's great maybe also we talked a little bit about you know like uh you mentioned it as well that uh, people are or uh, companies are like moving everything closer to the edge right i mean uh, the use cases you highlight a little bit of the use cases so maybe you can also think about um or uh, explain a little bit is it also possible to run some network function virtualization directly on the box? Um, great question. So the, the, the network is definitely moving into the metro. The metro networks, they are much, much more complex than they've ever been, uh, much more feature-rich, and there's a very clear trend to seeing a metro that is where the handoff is often done. In terms of where the function runs, um, well, the function uh, on the on XR uh, is routing, is uh, in some cases uh, switching, but often it's routing. Uh, in terms of network function virtualization, if that's what you're asking, Alexander, uh, today we don't have the, the capability to run uh, network function virtualization on the system uh, or virtualize the system other than uh, being able to run certain applications on it. So right. uh, we can allow you to onboard uh, an application. Uh, that application ha can, can do certain functionalities. So, so Eddie, one of the things I've heard us continue to talk about is, is that Cisco uses silicone one. So the silicone one chip seems to be like what's really making Cisco different than everyone else out there. How does designing your own chip and then writing your own software to that chip help you 
be able to continue to reuse codes and keep features moving forward so that my investments in automations and things like that just I can keep using them. So Cisco, as we all know, has been around for a long time developing routers and switches. So we have a lot of experience. I think we have more experience than any other uh, uh, routing company when it comes to developing silicon for networks. And this is everything from enterprise data center as well as service provider. Um, and over the years, this experience just allowed us to build the best or combine the best of both worlds, the best of web, the best of service provider and develop the Cisco Silicon one uh, architecture. So it's one architecture, multi-device, no compromise. And we launched the, the first piece of Silicon into Cisco in the Cisco Silicon one uh, family in 2019 with a 12.8 terabit. And that's the Q 100. And since the conception of the Q100 in 2019, we've now launched multiple pieces of silicon. And most recently, we've released a, a breakthrough silicon one technology, and that's the 51.2 terabits. Uh, and between the 10.8 terabits and the 51.2 terabits, that's more most recent, we've also developed uh, 3.2, 6.4, and so on, and, and the 8608 runs on a 12.8 terabit Q200 chip. Uh, it's 56 gig Sirius, and and that's where there's a lot of R&D, there's a lot of development, there's a lot of resources to to continue uh, continue keeping pace with the bandwidth that's just that's just uncontrollable. Um, certainly, uh, this silicon is split into um, routing silicon as well as web scale switching silicon and whereby we can take uh, a Q200 and put it on a bit of a diet and slim it down and and, and, and allow it to be uh, placed in roles where you don't need uh, the buffering, you don't need the QoS or you need less of it uh, uh, where you probably need a lot of uh, low latency switching. And, and this is the ability to pop and depop components and by doing so, by having this common architecture, it allows to really scale to build more efficient silicon and to build more affordable silicon because we know that's what customers are asking for. There's no point building a Ferrari when you only have a few customers can buy it. But when you can build an excellent car that a lot of people can make use of, that's where you start making a difference. And, 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 and you, what you probably see in maybe you're going to ask me is, hey, I, I see that Cisco Silicon One is now in other parts. It's not just in service provider. And absolutely, it's it's gone to web. It's gone to other platforms, not the eight, just the 8,000 family. And that's just because we're just building amazing silicon that has multi-purpose and multi-function, multi, being able to do multi-functions at the same time and cover been, web and service provider and, and data center. Must be nice. Working product managers. Oh, I need a new, uh, I really need a new chip. <laughs> Let's carve one out. It's yes, a, it's, let's do it. It's, right. it's great to be part of Cisco at this time. It's okay. never been better. And for the end user, keeping Sorry. things common across the platforms makes it easier for us, right? I only learned one set of code. I can reuse what I've got. That's a, that's a benefit that I see that you're bringing to the table. We really, really appreciate that.
well, it's, 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 these, are th these are things that are coming from, from you guys. You guys are giving us all this feedback and we're listening. And of course, uh, when, you, when you have the same piece of silicon that, or the same architecture, but sometimes a little different, but the same architecture running across all your platforms, well, your, your automation is going to be simpler. Your troubleshooting is going to be simpler. Your operating is going to be easier. And you're going to just spending less time learning um, because you're making a lot of, uh, you're making use of a lot of your initial education investment. Uh, it just it's, it's just a really nice way to to continue to continue to operate networks when when you have uh, along the path whether it's optics or it's silicon or whether it's RP common components you can easily troubleshoot you can easily learn you can just very quickly uh, uh, get your head around and, and that's the benefit of taking a very similar architecture the same silicon and building a fixed distributed and centralized uh, uh, architectures out of it and just allows you to really do things uh, very easily very seamlessly customers can absorb networks you can you can you can build networks very quickly when you have this architecture and you have this seamlessness that's happening in networks you know you don't have to spend uh, many months uh, doing qualification you know that this stuff works uh, and the only difference is just very small connections that are maybe on or off or things that are uh, connected uh, one way or another and, and look at the distributed family of 8,000 products you have one silicon that's running on the line card that same silicon is also running on the fabric it's just like I said it has some things that are popped and depopped and some things that are connected some things maybe not connected and it's just, it's just just very easy for operators to run networks when they're that simple you know, speaking of, I mean, the, obviously the, the the Cisco 8000 series is part of the mass scale infrastructure group, right? And it's not just sort of one platform, but I think what was really illuminating for me, uh, you know, learning about this platform was like the, the, the how, how Cisco has its vision of what the end to end operator looks like, right? Whether that is a service provider, a large enterprise or a municipality, right? And we can leave the link in the, in the, in the show notes, but there's a, there's a mass scale network transformation blueprint, right? Which is basically Cisco's sort of, you know, high level design on how, how all of these pieces and parts fit together, whether you're talking about at the edge, you know, the, the, the service provider access layer, all the way from pre-ag to aggregation to core to peering to cloud, right? If, if you look at that site, it'll show you where all of these platforms is, where, where all these platforms sit, what operating systems they're running, right? Whether it's iOS XE or XR or, or, or what that looks like, right? The X, some of the external connectivity, as well as the, um, like even, even down to the optics. Once again, I mean, just something that's so important in the, in the, in the service provider space. I mean, I, I would encourage the listeners to go at least click on it, take a look and, and walk through it because it really was like, oh, there is a very, very cohesive vision to like the flexibility that 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 these these all these product lines offer. So that was just my my kind of takeaway of, you know, it's it's always eye opening, especially uh, in in corners where you don't you're not in it day to day, right? <laughs> Great, Th thanks for uh, pointing that out, uh, Liam. The absolutely the 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 MIG the mass scale infrastructure blueprint has the 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 puzzle uh, glued together, and just gives you where which platform sits where or which which platforms in in some cases because as we 
transition from one platform to the other, you really need to have feature overlap, you need to have platform overlap as well as functionality overlap. And it allows you to very easily migrate uh, migrate your uh, your network. So good good call out uh, there, Liam. And I think maybe that's a, um, maybe maybe we can take a few a uh, few more questions, and maybe that's a maybe where we can. I don't uh, have a question, but I just was visualizing because we're. I mean, okay, the listeners are, are not visualizing how the platform is looking, right? But I just look at the platform, mm -hmm. and if you turn it upside down, or just like you, you turn it ninety degrees, mm -hmm. it just looks like a seventy six hundred. A little bit. <laughs> I know. I, I, I just, I but, just but, noticed this one. It's kind of funny. It's just kind of funny. Well, 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 well that's seventy. Again, the seventy six hundred is an incredibly successful platform as well. And glad you remember that one. Uh, yeah. The only difference is the. Of course, of course. The the. the, the the screw connectors would end up being at the top in the case of an 8608. Other, otherwise, uh, otherwise, yes, it does look a bit like uh, uh, like an 80, like a 7600 uh, uh, standing uh, vertically. Oh, thank you. This has been super informative. Yeah. Is there anything that you want to touch on, Eddie, that we might not have gotten a chance to touch on? Is there any questions that you might want to ask the champion? Well, I'll just end with the 8608 is really designed for customers that want the power, performance, redundancy at an optimal price point. Yes, still delivering on interface diversity. It packs all the benefits of uh, the Cisco Silicon One technology into a modular redundant platform and taking flexibility in the 8,000 family now to the next level. And it's just a great platform to be part of and uh, great to be able to uh, talk to uh, the Cisco team, uh, the Cisco family, as well as Cisco customers about this. Uh, so thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate your uh, time and great meeting you faces and looking forward to catching up again. Great, thank you so much for joining us. All right, that's another great episode on the books. To our listeners, if you want to continue your learning on today's topic, you can check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in and see you again next time.